All right, today we come to Revelation chapter 19. This is a, an important chapter in Revelation. This chapter uh, at the end of this, this section in, uh, in Revelation that began back in chapter 17. Remember we, we talked about how uh, every, every chapter uh, begins with, with the first coming or things that, that happen right after the first coming to uh, the, end of the end of the section being uh, the return of Christ. We find that here. This chapter describes the triumphant return of Christ and both the reward and recompense that he brings with him that was described and foretold in the last chapter, uh, chapter 18. The first half of this chapter describes the reward uh, given to believers when he comes. The second half of the chapter describes in gruesome detail the, the recompense to unbelievers and to all who oppose the Lord when he comes. Like I said just a minute ago, this chapter is the end of the section that began back in chapter 17. The chapter 17, remember, described the beast and the prostitute that persecuted the church just as soon as the church began after the after the first coming of Christ and, and dis, throughout the church age deceived um, the church and uh, to turn away from the Lord and not walk in the Lord's ways. Chapter 18 foretold the judgment that was coming to the beast and the prostitute and everyone who followed that path. Now here in chapter 19, that judgment finally comes with the second coming of the Lord. So let's consider these two contrasting scenes as we find them described here. First, uh, the, the, the reward given to believers is described in the marriage supper of the Lamb. The chapter opens with a scene of, of great rejoicing in heaven, verses 1 through 4. It, it begins with a multitude of angels uh, declaring, Hallelujah! To the Lord for the for His great it says in verse one His great salvation and glory and power, and they see that the great day of judgment has now come, in which the redeemed of the Lord will be vindicated, and in which all who did not seek His salvation nor submit to His lordship will be justly judged, forever and ever. Verses two through four. All accounts will be perfectly balanced. Joining the multitude of angels in praise are the 24 elders in verse 4. Remember what the 24 elders represent. They represent the, 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 the whole purchased church of the Lord Jesus Christ from Old Testament and New Testament, as well as the four living creatures. Remember that they are cherubim in heaven who gladly serve the Lord. And verse 5 says, All who fear him, small and great, are rejoicing in this day that has come. As you come to verse 6, you learn why this voice of a great multitude is rejoicing so. It's because, verse 7, the marriage of the Lamb has come. You know, to the, to the original first century readers of Revelation, this scene would have been filled with so much rich imagery. The, the Jewish or Hebrew marriage customs and traditions would have filled this scene with significance. In that tradition, a woman would be betrothed to a man, which is similar to our, our, our idea of engagement, but dissimilar to it insofar as in that tradition, the, the betrothed couple was at that moment considered legally husband and wife in the eyes of the law. The, the betrothal would have been done in the presence of witnesses and, and, and would have been more uh, legally binding than our present idea of uh, engagement. That's why, by the way, you see that in, in the birth narrative of Christ, that Mary and Joseph were betrothed uh, 
But when Joseph found her to be with child by the Holy Spirit, uh, it says that he had initially decided to divorce her secretly. Well, if they're just betrothed, why divorce her? Because, like we say, in that day, betrothal was more legally binding than it is today. In the Hebrew tradition, once the betrothal had taken place, the husband would typically supply a dowry for the bride, usually a sum of money. For example, you can see that uh, like in Genesis 34, 12, or performing some kind of service required as the dowry. You can see that in Genesis 29, 20. Then at the conclusion of the, of the betrothal period, the bride herself would uh, make herself ready and the bridegroom would come to receive her and take her away by a great procession to the wedding feast either at his home or at the home of his parents. And a feast and a festival would, would often last for several days. Now, take this image that the original readers of this book, including the Apostle John himself, would have had and would have experienced many times and consider the full significance of what they saw when they read here in chapter 19 that the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Verse 7, Christ is the bridegroom, and his bride is all, according to Revelation 3, 5, is all whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Christ paid in full her dowry through his sinless life and sacrificial death and triumphant resurrection. And now, with his second coming, the marriage feast has arrived. The bride will have made herself ready through a lifetime of righteous deeds, verse 7 and 8 say. But even these have been sovereignly and graciously granted by the Lord. It is for this reason that the angel declares in verse 9, Blessed are those who are invited, literally called, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But on the other side, uh, we see uh, the conquering Christ. On the other side of the judgment ledger are all those who have opposed Christ and his church. And, uh, you know, as Paul says in Romans 1, these are the, those who have exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. The judgment was foretold in the last uh, chapter, chapter 18, and it's now come in chapter 19. With the, with the second coming of Christ, it is clear that he is coming with complete authority. This seems to be uh, the meaning of the fact in verse 12 that he has a name written that no one knows but himself. That, 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 that seems to represent his complete authority. He has a name written that no one knows but himself. Why, how, do we, how do we get this? Because in the Bible, the ability to name someone or something illustrates authority over that person or thing. Think, for example, Adam naming all the animals in Genesis 2, 19 and 20. Or think about uh, when Daniel... And his three friends were captured and taken to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar renamed them uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Belteshazzar. This, 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 this interpretation seems confirmed by the fact here in Revelation 19 that we also read in verse 16 that he has a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And as he comes with such authority, he will exercise it in judgment on the ungodly. Verse 15 says, He will strike down the nations... And he will rule them with a rod of iron, fulfilling completely Psalm 2, treading the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. 
it is of no use to unbelievers to attempt to oppose him any longer. We're told that they will gather their forces in verse 19 and make war against him. Armageddon, we might call it, but it's futile. They are over, they are, it says in verse 20, they are thrown alive, thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And their utter defeat is gruesomely pictured by birds gathering to eat the flesh of both small and great of those who oppose the Lord. Here we see played out in full the prophecy of Isaiah 45, 22 through 25, where we were, we were told then, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall swear allegiance. Only in the Lord it shall be said of me are righteousness and strength. To him shall come and be ashamed all who are incensed against him. But in the Lord all the offspring of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. What a day that will be. And with that we come to the end of the next to last section of Revelation. Those are some thoughts on Revelation, Revelation 19. And tomorrow we begin the final section of this great book.